Hello and welcome to Learn It from a Layman. I'm Carl Christensen, joined today by Tim the Cavity Cox. Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> that's what they call you, right, Tim? I, well, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Based on the fact that I'm so concave. Okay. Right. I don't know. Got to work on that's, that. But yes, but yeah. I'm keeping that one. Okay. And uh, we're joined again for the, I don't know, Peter, have you been on two or I think two times before or three? Two, three, two. maybe. Yeah. Peter Vogel, uh, now Dr. Vogel, um, back on the podcast with us. Uh, Peter, in the in the past, you've done physics podcasts, but in a light of your new profession and your recently acquired a dental degree, uh, we will we're going to discuss teeth today. So thanks thanks for coming back on the podcast. Excited to be back on the podcast. It's going to be very different from the previous ones, but <laughs> very little discussion of quirks today. I mean, maybe some, but uh... um, maybe there should be a discussion of quirks and how to fit into teeth. I don't know. <laughs> no one's looked into that. <laughs> That's right. That's breaking new ground. I'm learning from a layman. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk a little. Let's talk some teeth. Oh, this is also fitting, Peter, because our mutual cousin. Uh, Ian Christensen was on the podcast for our last episode, and he referred to himself as an eye dentist. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he is an ophthalmologist, and he said that the, they are often termed eye dentists. So um, probably Did he say he has that title? ophthalmologist. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. You're you're an yeah an eye you're a tooth eye doctor. I don't know. Um, okay. Well, Did, uh, so Ian. yes expound upon why he's an eye dentist? I think it's just the idea that like most doctors treat a bunch of different parts of the body and, you know, dentists focus on, you know, the mouth and as an ophthalmologist, he only focuses on the eyes. I think that was kind of his right. point. You're being way too nice to him. They often get called <laughs> an eye dentist because they don't work very hard. They don't work very oh. long. Oh, okay. well, maybe <laughs> that was more it, money you know. than they should. <laughs> there was certainly nothing about medical snobbery in our discussion. Nothing at all. <laughs> there was a little bit of a snobbery discussion. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's let's hit some teeth questions here. Uh, all right. Let's start with um, what is enamel. So enamel is Carl. A part of your Carl, teeth. it's pronounced animal. Your. <laughs> Too much time around little kids. Oh my! You, you should okay. probably just cut that from the final. Okay, Tim, I'll cut you from the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Okay, back to enamel, Peter. Um, enamel is part of your tooth that forms on the outside. So there's um, there's three different layers depending on how you look at it. There's the pulp, which is the center of the tooth that has the nerve, the blood supply um and stem cells and then there's the dentin which is the part just outside the pulp and that's a weaker portion of the tooth um but that part is vital so your dentin has there's primary secondary and tertiary some i don't know that we want to get into that but um the dentin can grow and shrink and it's something that um is alive and then the enamel is the very furthest outside portion of your tooth it develops when your teeth are formed and it's a 
mineral called hydroxyapatite that isn't vital. You can't, um, your body can't repair it, but it's super hard and designed to be in the oral environment, which is full of acids and other things that are damaging to your teeth. So the enamel is kind of the armor of your teeth, some could call it. And it develops, uh, all, so it only develops uh, around the tooth originally, so your body can't repair it, right? Yeah. Well, okay. to some degree. Enamel, I, I guess we can get into that, but there is there are acids in your mouth, and you can remineralize the enamel, but once it's damaged, or they call it cavitated, where there's actual enamel missing, your body can't replace it. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, I guess... Uh, as then on the the um, line of armor for the teeth, I feel like it used to be pretty common, and maybe it still is, and maybe I just don't go to the dentist enough, that like fluoride <laughs> treatments were like a thing, a frequent thing, and maybe it's only a ch child thing. But what is fluoride, and is it helpful or harmful? Is there more or less interest in it in the, the dentistry these days? Yeah, fluoride is, it's still something that everyone have it's almost honestly it's probably more important for adults so maybe this is a matter of you should go to the dentist more carl but <laughs> okay <laughs> um, so contrary to popular belief there's a lot of people that think that fluoride is a poison i mean if you talk there's a lot of people out there that if you talk to them fluoride is a poison that they put in the water and the government right. uses it for mind control or whatever <laughs> there's all sorts of weird rumors about it but that's right it's actually a, it's a natural mineral that's found in all water like if you go get a drink from a mountain stream that came out of a glacier there's fluoride in that water hmm. but it's something that's leached out of um, rocks it's even in the air but so, um, so the mountains uh, themselves are trying to control our thoughts. I see. Conspiracy runs uh, deep. Yeah. It runs <laughs> deep. <laughs> the world's out to get us. <laughs> it's okay. uh, the the idea behind fluoride is that um, it prevents tooth decay by buffering acids in your mouth. So cavities are formed by acids that destroy the enamel, and then once the enamel's gone, the dentin. And the, um, for all of you who may not be big chemist, very chemistry savvy, um, buffering is where you take the acid and make it more similar to water, essentially. So you take an acid that's damaging and you make it um, less potent. So fluoride is an ion that can attach to um, hydrogen ions that are acidic, and then you make it into they bond together and it takes it from being various or foods and acids in your mouth from being very acidic to not being acidic. So um, the fluoride in your mouth prevents the acids from damaging your teeth. It also, mm. the benefit to fluoride, because there's lots of things out there that can buffer acids, but fluoride is something that can actually bond to the hydroxyapatite. So enamel is hydroxyapatite, but fluoride can make it into fluorhydroxyapatite. And this stores the fluoride ions in the enamel until there's an acidic attack. So something like eating food that's acidic um, or drinking a soda or even just like sugars. Sugars in your mouth will, there's bacteria that break them down and essentially poop out acid. And so that the fluoride stops the bacteria poop. 
That's a wonderful visual. I love it. <laughs> okay. But, uh, so another interesting thing with fluoride, though, the CDC named. So they also put fluoride into your water. So the government conspiracy thing. There's there's a reason that people don't like it, and it's because the government actually will put it, it in your water. It's called community <laughs> water fluoridation. <laughs> Uh, and they and, uh, and they do that not to control your mind, but to protect your teeth. Yeah. So it, when they start, they started doing it in the 20th century, so 1900s, and um, it was pretty much an instant 25% decrease in tooth decay when they started fluoridating water in all the communities that had it. Wow. So the CDC recently named it as one of 10 great public health achievements of the 20th century. And then awesome. it's, but it's still controversial here in Utah. There's enough people that are on the spectrum of its government mind control that there's only a couple cities in the whole state that actually have sufficient community water fluoridation. But ah, now, well, you know, well, Tim. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say, if big government wants me to have healthy teeth, then I want unhealthy teeth. <laughs> Yeah, what, what are what are a few cavities for the greater good? Um, okay, uh, in reality, though, do you know, does like your Brita filter or some of these water filtrations, do they pull fluoride out as well? Um, yes, so depends on the filter. You can look on your specific filter, but there are people that will, it's actually, it's from what I understand, it's pretty hard to get the fluoride ions fully out. So there are special filters that people will buy to get the fluoride out of their water, which ironically makes their fluoride less or their water less natural. But um, that being said, <laughs> the irony, um, <laughs> if you drink bottled water, for example, you're actually more prone to getting tooth decay because you are not getting the fluoride that should be in there because they often will filter the fluoride out. So people who drink bottled water at an increased risk, people who are out on like a farm, for example, or at an increased risk sometimes, depending on where they grew up, because there's some places that naturally have high fluoride, but Interesting. if you're drinking well water. Now, uh, is there like a supply of fluoride? What, what is, so if I'm in the situation where I don't have fluoride in my water, do I, should I be applying fluoride nightly? Should I be, you know, is there something I should be doing uh, to kind of compensate for it? Um, there are a couple things. So one suggestion for children especially is um, when children are developing, fluoride will actually grow into the enamel. So when you put fluoride on your teeth, it bonds to the outer layer of your enamel. Whereas when children are developing, the fluoride can actually go and develop with their enamel at the same time. So Kids are often prescribed some sort of fluoride drops or supplemental fluoride that can help um, essentially make their enamel stronger for the future. So it's all the way through instead of just the outer layer of the enamel. Um, for adults, you can do the same thing. There's supplemental fluoride drops. You can use um, toothpaste, obviously. But right. I think the okay. fluoride drops are more helpful. It's systemic fluoride is more helpful for children because it's actually being absorbed by the enamel. Interesting. Okay. And that might actually lead me to my next question. So it 
in my anecdotal experience, some people seem like Tim the Cavity Cox are more prone <laughs> to uh, to teeth to, to, to tooth decay. And I'd imagine obviously some of that's diet. Is that all of what it is? Are some people more or less prone to uh, get, getting cavities in their teeth? Yeah, actually, one more thing before I mislead people on the okay. fluoride for children. Um, there is one more thing with fluoride where it can damage their teeth if they have too much. So don't go having your kid drink a whole bunch of toothpaste <laughs> or whatever. So it is, okay. it's a very delicate balance, especially for children, because fluoride can poison children if they have too much. Okay. Um, okay, so be careful. And it can also before. cause something called fluorosis. There's people that are out there who have their teeth and it has like a weird, like, um, spotted pattern on all their teeth. And that's sometimes caused by too much fluoride when their teeth are developing. But hmm. that being said, back to okay. are people more prone to, some people more prone to cavities? Yes. <laughs> um, and I think there's, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking maybe there's three things I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I can think of nature, nurture, and then just straight up fluoridated water. So the nature one is some people just have thinner enamel. Some people don't even develop enamel. Um, some people's enamel is just weaker. So enamel forms in these very characteristic rods. So they make these little columns of enamel that are super strong, but some people, if they, for example, have a fever while their enamel is developing, you'll get these lines in the enamel that are um, where the enamel wasn't able to form in its appropriate form because of the fever. Um, sometimes the weaker enamel is just that their body didn't develop it correctly. And then some people have less potent saliva. Saliva remineralizes the enamel or, or can slightly repair the outer portion of it. And some people just have less saliva in general. So um, if you have dry mouth, you're more prone to getting dental decay. That's a common nature thing. Um, also, when you get older, you stop developing as much saliva, which can make it so you get a lot more tooth decay as well. That's something we discussed then, with the with the eye dentist Ian last uh, two weeks ago. It's the uh, that as old people seem to dry up as they get older. <laughs> I've been shopping for a, a new insult, and now I've got one: less potent saliva. It's a really good way to just oh my give someone a zinger. Yeah, uh, well, it, you got less is it? potent saliva. Is it? See so yeah, how that's going to work for you there in middle school. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet it would, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the other aspect there was the nurture one, where um, sometimes people have poor oral habits, such as eating a lot of acids and sugars, um, so things like juice, lemon juice, um, soda, fruits even like oranges, apples, um, and then things that are sticky get all over your teeth. Eating frequently actually can is a poor oral habit, so eating meals that are separated out is better because your teeth can repair themselves in the meantime until you put more acid on them again. And then some people don't brush well, some people don't, well, I would say some people don't floss, but most people don't floss, so <laughs> there's another one. <laughs> Yeah, that's, and then uh, uh, 
but yeah, that's Florida the joke, right? You uh, <laughs> dentists get lied to daily. I mean, why do you even ask the question? Do you floss? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I usually tell people when I ask them, "Do you floss?" and they give me whatever answer it is, and I say, "You know, there's two pe two kinds of people out there: the people who floss and the people who lie to you and say they floss." <laughs> then there's right. maybe a third of the hygienists out there but <laughs> right right yeah 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 people that work in the field no i actually and this and you're not even my dentist peter i have developed a good flossing habit i'm a good dancer i floss uh frequently so it depends <laughs> on the music um <laughs> no uh okay it, your <clears throat> So your dad was my dentist growing up, Peter, um, and I have this memory. And so this might there may have been a lot of false things in my memory about this, but I, I feel like I would your dad told me once that drinking you said like juice, like acidic juice and then immediately brushing your teeth was really bad for your enamel. Like I said, this could be entirely my memory, but is, is that correct? Yeah, that's true. So that's um, when you eat food or drink, honestly, if you eat anything, basically, they're called fermentable carbohydrates, which is basically anything but meat. So, and even meats sometimes have it if they're marinated or something to that order. But basically, anytime you eat anything, your mouth becomes more acidic and the enamel um, is a very, while it is supposed to be hardy, it's very delicate once it becomes, once it's in an acidic environment. So when you eat or drink anything that's acidic or sugary or has any sort of carbohydrate in it, um, your oral pH drops and then the enamel is weak enough that it can be damaged a lot more easily. So the, if you brush your teeth straight after drinking an acidic beverage or throwing up or even just like eating something sugary or bread or basically anything but meat um the enamel is weak enough that there's micro abrasives in toothpaste that are designed to help whiten your teeth and not take away the enamel but if you've just eaten those abrasives actually rub the enamel away wow. so yeah yeah the recommendation is that you wait at least 30 minutes after eating or drinking anything but water basically okay because it'll your saliva will remineralize the enamel enough that it's strong enough to brush interesting okay so a lot of people i mean generally we're supposed to brush our teeth twice a day or at least that's what i think i've heard <laughs> um you so let's say i eat breakfast and then i'm got to run off to work and it's only been five minutes i shouldn't run upstairs and brush my teeth really quick i should probably take the toothbrush with me to the office is that kind of I the mean, advice? <laughs> social social advice or tooth advice? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, I, I guess from you, I, we're, we're, uh, let's go stick with the medical advice. <laughs> as far as your teeth go, yeah, you should. There's two options there. You can either brush before you eat, which is also a great diet option because it makes you not want to eat. So there you go. I'm going to patent right. that at some point, write a book. <laughs> but uh, if you brush before you eat, then you are putting those fluoride ions directly on your teeth before you put acid in your mouth. So you have more fluoride to buffer the food you're about to put in there. 
the acids and then you can also wait for half an hour bring your toothbrush with, with you to work or put it in your car or something and okay could i just it, but like, you should wait probably half an hour what if i like after eating or drinking orange juice or whatever what if i just like swish some mouthwash with fluoride would that help or speed up the process um you could do that mouthwash is i don't know this might be a controversial opinion but i actually don't love mouthwash because a lot of mouthwashes dry your mouth out mm. so the fluoride helps but a lot of them cause your mouth to dry it a lot of them have alcohols in them and the alcohols will dry your mouth out but um uh, okay. but there are ones that don't and there are ones that will stimulate more saliva and have fluoride so that could be an option too if you wanted to switch with that to like directly after eating because that doesn't have anything abrasive in it okay okay i got a few more questions about brushing eventually here in a, in a little bit we're going to talk um about um how overall oral hygiene affects health and then i i have a says teaser i had a question i read years ago about a, a drug that was supposed to regenerate our cavities and I'd like some more information on that. But let's get that later. Let's I want to tease that because maybe other people read that and have been wondering for years why can't my teeth regenerate? Um but before yeah, we do that you. the way you said that, a drug that regenerates cavities, that's oh that's already out there, don't you worry. <laughs> that's called Skittles. Uh, Starburst. <laughs> that works very um, well. Yeah. They, they actually called me for an endorsement from Tim the Cavity Cox. <laughs> Tim, you really should work on like patenting that. Imagine all the yeah endorsement deals you could get. I mean, oh yeah, you get money. You'd get money from both sides. The dentists clearly want you to have cavities. Um, I mean, what are they there for? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right. and then all the uh, sugar. Win -win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Peter, brushing your teeth. Uh, is twice a day the correct number of times? Is there a correct number of times? And how should I be brushing my teeth? Mm, that's a hard question. I think twice a day is what's suggested. I don't know that there is science behind twice a day. Okay. Just like there isn't act. This is probably something that shouldn't be shared, but uh, there's also no science behind ever six months for cleanings. Wow, um, interesting. That was a uh, marketing ploy way back when <laughs> that just stuck with people and they heard i should go in every six months and that's true huh or that's wow. that's what people do but there right. are people that should come in more than every six months and there's people who could come in less than every six months but huh. um i think that it's worked out for dentists and that it's a nice average and right most people are somewhat okay on every six months so sure okay but, um, brushing your teeth twice a day is a good, probably average for people out there. And then you should, um, I like to tell my patients that, uh, an electric toothbrush is a very good investment because while they do cost about a hundred bucks, which is painful, they're a lot like one cavity, they cost you more than your toothbrush did. So if you right. can prevent even one, it's a lot cheaper to get an electric one. The electric ones just they oscillate at thousands of times per minute rather than like 
20 or 30. Like, just okay. a lot more effective. <laughs> as far as electric toothbrushes go, I mean, you said there are ones that are 100 bucks or whatever else. There are cheap ones. Are they functionally different? Are the bristles not a good? I mean, I guess the other question about toothbrushes for me is I've heard, I mean, you got soft bristles, you got, you got, you know, wire. Okay, probably not a lot of wire bristles out there. <laughs> you could get a wire brush. It wouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, those are great questions. I think the more expensive toothbrushes are usually worth it. And I guess there's a caveat of usually, because sometimes they put things in like, Bluetooth connectivity that'll connect <laughs> how you've brushed your phone and no one ever checks it. I mean, those are not super helpful, but um, Sonicare is my preference. Oral-B is just as good, probably. They both make really nice electric toothbrushes, but the Oral-B ones, the way that they work is a uh, oscillating round head and it's super loud it's like a jackhammer that they can hear from <laughs> rooms away in the sonic makes you quiet, feel like you're so. really accomplishing something peter i mean <laughs> must be going to work here if it's going to make that much noise <laughs> <laughs> yeah the first time i used i have both the first time i used the oral v one i was like i'm gonna wake up the whole house just turning this thing on <laughs> the sonic care ones are a lot quieter but they just vibrate instead and i think that those are the best ones there's a lot of brands out there that make like electric toothbrushes and people buy them a lot because they look nice and they're aesthetically pleasing but i think just go get a sonicare but okay. um as far as stiffness of the bristles too the you want the softest bristles you can find so hmm. some people will go out and get things like um they'll get like medium or firm bristles and the harder they are they can actually damage your gums and damage your teeth so the mm. bristles will brush your gums away and cause gum recession and sometimes they'll even damage the once the gums have receded now you have dentin exposed rather than enamel because enamel is only above the gums and they can just brush right down into the dentin and rub it all away wow. so okay get the softest bristles you can they work just so no wire bristles for me toss my toothbrush away really quick there are a lot of people who buy the firm ones and there's a lot of companies that sell the firm ones and they right. only sell them because people buy them but <laughs> okay um now how about so i guess based on what you're saying there so the pressure that you apply when brushing once again this may have been something your dad told me it sounds familiar is that you you just don't need to brush that hard. Like it's not like you need to dig in there and go at it. It's really just the br the brush the bristles just need to rub against the surface. They don't need to, you know thirty pounds per square inch of force or whatever. Yeah, there you don't have to brush very hard. Um, one nice thing as well about electric toothbrushes is they have a pressure sensor built in on the nicer ones where if you are brushing too hard, they'll actually stop brushing. So hmm. as you're pushing, if you push too hard, they'll like make a little buzz and stop brushing and they'll just buzz against your teeth instead of um, brushing, which is a nice feature because you can brush too hard and damage your gums, damage your teeth. Um, if you have a manual toothbrush, the I've heard the recommendation where you put your pinky up 
and you hold it between your fingertips and stick your pinky up like you're a fancy person and uh-huh. then it's hard hard to put more force than you should but okay yeah and then awesome. another one on that same note is the hard bristles is um charcoal was a big fad i don't know if that's still a fad but charcoal toothpaste charcoal infused bristles charcoal is like super abrasive and it does whiten your teeth but it whitens your teeth because it takes off the outer layer of your teeth so that's not good um, yeah it's super damaging there's probably a bunch of lawsuits waiting to happen on that but oh my okay yeah all right well i I don't trackle stuff (laughs) (laughs) okay good um all right, let's. I think that was all of my toothbrush. Oh well, I actually, I you mentioned toothpaste, like that there are toothpastes out there uh, that whiten your teeth. Are there toothpastes that are better than others? Um, and what's your toothpaste recommendation? Um, there's a whole bunch of different kinds. There's um, so the standard one that most people have been using for decades is sodium fluoride toothpaste. Sodium fluoride is awesome. And the newer ones are stannous fluoride. Stannous fluoride is a tin ion that's included. Not a tin ion. Sorry, tin. It's a tin with an N. <laughs> um, the, I was hoping to have a new endorsement help. opportunity there, but uh, oh well. <laughs> the uh, stannous fluoride ones are great for gum help, and they... Um, used to cause staining, but a lot of the companies have figured out how to not make that happen anymore. So that's kind of the newest, best thing is probably Stannis fluoride toothpaste. I think, is it Crest Complete, Colgate Complete? One of those is, um, let me look it up right now. Okay. If you look yeah. on the active ingredients, it'll tell you Stannis fluoride or sodium fluoride, and Stannis is probably the better of the two. And the benefit to Stannis is it's also a um, desensitizing agent. So if you have sensitive teeth, it'll help. So Colgate Total is a Stannis fluoride. And then Crest Gum Detoxify or Crest um, Pro Health or Sensitive. Okay. Okay. Um, now, one other thing that I once again, I uh, I believe your dad told me once. We were talking about, you know, if people don't have toothpaste, sometimes they just don't brush. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. your dad told me that if there's, like, of course, if you have toothpaste, use it, and it can be helpful, and is there are better and worse toothpaste, but that the actual brushing motion and the actual bristles on your teeth is a bigger benefit than any of the toothpastes are. Does that, once again, I put the caveat on here that all of this could be faded with my memory and lack of common sense. So, Yeah, the, the bristles are mechanically removing plaque and the toothpaste is like a lubricant for the bristles, essentially. And it also okay. has the fluoride in it. So the fluoride is helpful, but the actual removal of plaque and, and cavity-causing bacteria is mostly done by disrupting it with the bristles. But um, there's two other types of or of toothpaste out there that I can think of that are good. There's a Prevident, it's a prescription fluoride. It's about four to five times stronger than what you can buy, but 
it works really well. It's also a really good investment in that it's like 10, $15 a tube, but it's a ton stronger than what you can buy normally over the counter. And it's prescription because like we talked about earlier, having too much fluoride for kids is dangerous. And if they eat like a fourth of the tube, it can be toxic. Wow. Um, okay. So you have to keep that kind out of reach and make sure that people are aware of that. But um, and then the other one is a newer one. It's been used in Japan for a long time, but it's hydroxyapatite toothpaste. And it's more for people who are anti-fluoride. So for people out there who don't get a, we have a lot fluoride, of listeners on the on that train, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> um, hydroxyapatite toothpaste is you, if you remember from the start of this, enamel is hydroxyapatite. So you're essentially brushing with enamel particles. And the idea behind it is that you can remineralize the enamel by putting little, um, I guess, I, they're not ions, but putting enamel in there that will help remineralize. But I think that it's not as good as fluoride, in my opinion, because fluoride also has a buffering effect, not just repair of enamel. But it it works well as well. If you're not going to do fluoride, that's the next best thing. Okay, cool. All right, well, last brushing-related question, I think. Okay, dang, I just I thought of another one. Uh, so two more. <laughs> one, <clears throat> uh, despite popular opinion, my wife and I do floss nightly. We've had this discussion a few times, like, do you floss and then brush or brush and then floss? And it would seem that flossing first would be the way to go. Are we right? I think that it's another debate, but in my opinion, flossing first is better because then you get the plaque out from between the teeth and the food out from between the teeth. Okay, good. That's what and we're then thinking. you put the fluoride on because then the fluoride can reach the spots that would have been covered by food and plaque before. So I think flossing first is better, but okay. it's up for debate out there still. Okay. Because there's That's... some people that say if you put the fluoride in your mouth and then floss the fluoride in the gaps, then... Mm. Maybe, but so maybe the answer is floss, then brush, then floss again. <laughs> so if you're not if you're not flossing enough, <laughs> okay. Well, that's not going to happen. So let's just stick with that before then. Um, okay. Then the other last question is: um, you mentioned so something about rinsing your teeth after brushing. So if I'm using a specialized toothpaste, I don't rinse after. Or what is this deal with not rinsing my teeth after I brush? So this is confusing because if you look at the backs of a lot of toothpaste tubes, they say brush then rinse, but that you're actually you're causing problems by rinsing because you took away the fluoride you just put on your teeth. So mm. the idea is to keep the fluoride in contact with your teeth as long as possible. And when you rinse right after brushing, you're rinsing out all the excess fluoride from your mouth. So it's not not generally recommended to rinse right after. And with the Prevident, which is the prescription fluoride, it'll say on the back, don't, don't rinse, drink, or eat for at least half an hour. Mm. Another uh, one of those weight loss uh, uh, tips that we've got from our dentist. <laughs> yeah, and if you brush every half an hour, that brings up another point, then you'll lose a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, because you, you spend eat. all day brushing and flossing your teeth. <laughs> and don't have time. To, don't have time to eat for half an hour after. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Let's move on to some diet-related things. So you said you, know, you talked about nature, nurture, and then um, what was the other thing? Anyway, whatever. Um, right now, fluoridated water. That's it. Okay, the mind control drug. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so this is now we're talking about uh, nurture. This is the, the diet that you are choosing to consume. We know that diet uh, that dentists are generally on the anti-sugar train. Um, is there a way to eat sugar and or drink soda in a way that is less harmful for your teeth? Yeah. So don't tell anyone, but I I also eat sugar and drink Ow. soda. Ah! But keep that on the down low. Okay. This isn't public, is it? Nobody nobody listens to this thing. <laughs> okay, good, good. But uh, sugar and acidic foods, essentially, you there's something called a Stefan curve, which is um, the mineralization of your enamel. So your enamel is strongest when it has, when it's fully mineralized, when all of the enamel is at its top strength. And every time you eat, that strength drops off pretty much immediately down below five and a half on the pH scale, at which point your enamel is very fragile. So whenever you eat or drink, your enamel drops or your oral environment drops below that five and a half pH, and now your enamel's weakened. So while it's in that weakened state, that's when... Um, that's when bacteria and acids can damage the enamel and create cavities, essentially. So the longer that it stays below that pH, the more prone your teeth are to get, getting tooth decay. So if you're going to eat sugar or drink soda, it's best to do it in one sitting. So drink your soda and be done with it. Don't get your big gulp and sip on it all day because then you keep your mouth and in a very low pH acidic environment and then your enamel is, isn't able to do what it's supposed to. Okay, so if I can ask, is there anything that you can ingest to change the pH immediately afterward, like an anti-soda, anti-sugar thing? <laughs> Maybe baking soda? <laughs> so if I gargle a solution of Sprite and baking soda. <laughs> Is it I think you have to drink that? both of them first, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we've got a marketing opportunity here, guys. <laughs> okay, so uh, a little sip of Coke it's and then... real advice. Don't put baking soda in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. No, but uh, yes. like, um, you know, um, I was just wondering yeah, if there are any foods like that naturally that, reset it. Or something. Sorry, say again. Um, pretty much every food out there... Pretty much all foods are acidic. There's, there are a couple, I don't know off the top of my head, that are basic on the other end of the pH scale. But uh, yeah, we don't mean layman basic there. We mean <laughs> chemistry basic. Yeah. yeah. So what so, we learned from this is that some foods are really bad for your teeth, but essentially all food is bad for you. <laughs> yeah, well... Back to our diet plan. <laughs> <laughs> we do not encourage anorexia here. <laughs> no. But um, pretty much, there's 
pretty much no food that is basic. So pretty much your saliva is the thing that will bring your pH back up. And that's about it. If I shoot the soda straight down my gullet and it never touches my teeth, <laughs> we're good, right? There is something to be said for that, right? If you drink through a straw and keep it away from your teeth, there's a little bit less, but your whole mouth is still one. The same environment. As soon as, yes. <laughs> right. I could conceivably never have to brush again. <laughs> you know, you could bypass the whole gullet portion and just do an IV. <laughs> no more tooth decay. <laughs> <laughs> You're solving problems. I'm learning from a layman. <laughs> Everyone just ingest all of the nutrients uh, intravenously and we're good. <laughs> um okay and and so uh, the real advice here peter then essentially saying if you're going to have your sugar and you're going to have your soda do it in one sitting do it you know and take 10 minutes and have your snack and be done right yeah eat your whole candy bar eat the whole bag of skittles and then yeah, right don't keep eating them <laughs> okay and that's Good. the thing when you get the large bag and people are like <laughs> Hey, you shouldn't eat so many Skittles. You tell them, no, I have to eat the whole bag in one <laughs> sitting right now. <laughs> My dentist said so. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, Sarcasm disclaimer. Do not actually do that. <laughs> well, you know, we fluoridated water. I think there's something to be said that you could fluoridate your Skittles too. Mm, all right. Fluoridated Ooh, Skittles. I had some pain to it. <laughs> okay that's uh i don't think they're going to go that route is my guess but, i hope no one uh, goes those routes you know, until tim mccavity cox reaches out that's right tim this is this is your opportunity make it happen yeah everyone go to your local circle k it's coming soon <laughs> okay um now real question so what about um uh, calcium supplements and or drinking milk does that help your strength your your teeth um be stronger uh enamel uh strengthen at all um maybe the milk is once again acidic so double-edged sword there Darn it. <laughs> but <laughs> and it's also sugary so yeah oh. <laughs> the double whammy there which brings up the point of diet sodas as well diet sodas are less there's no sugar but they're way more acidic so mm. i don't know i don't know what the right answer on that one is but as far as calcium goes um i don't know i know that calcium can bind to fluoride ions so like one of the recommendations if you if your kid eats a tube of toothpaste for example is to have them um either eat a bunch of activated charcoal which no, most people don't have sitting around or drink a bunch of milk or calcium supplements because the calcium and the fluoride ions will bind and it'll keep the fluoride from getting into their system mm. um i think calcium may be more important while your teeth are developing okay but i i think calcium is more of a more for your bones but i could be wrong on that okay 
Trust okay. Dr. Google on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Dr. Google um, said that if I drink carbonated milk, then my teeth will. <laughs> carbonated <Never mind>. milk. <laughs> Uh, another opportunity for learn it to learn it to a layman to create a product that nobody wants. Well, hey, or nobody milk. wanted milk tea. Milk. <laughs> nobody wanted milk tea until they started making milk tea, and now it's all over the place. I would suggest that milk Coca Cola isn't too far behind. Oh my word! Milk Pepsi. The the those words together make me slightly nauseous. Milk so. Sprite. Okay. <laughs> I guess there's um, calcium and hydroxyapatite now that I think about that. So calcium would help in that sense. So it would help remineralize your teeth. But okay, so there are potential benefits for calcium. Got it. Okay, not yeah. not inside your Coke, not calcium Coke or uh, calcium. Wait, carbonated milk. That was what Matt said. That's so gross. I like the idea of diet milk though. Diet milk, no sugar. Diet milk Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds oh delicious. <laughs> Until endorsement. Milk. You heard it here. Patent pending. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we don't want that patent. We, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. A couple other questions on uh, on diet. I guess this is so specifically drugs, um, medications, things like that. What what kind of effect uh, do medications or drugs have on your teeth? Um, not good effects, I guess. Um, so there's a couple things, drugs in the sense of how most people call drugs like meth or cocaine. A lot of those drugs will, um, cause basically all drugs cause dry mouth, essentially. Um, those ones are extremely potent though, and they'll really dry up your saliva. And when your saliva is gone, your body has no way to repair your enamel. So um, drugs are very damaging in that sense. Meth is especially damaging where it will, it, meth is extremely acidic where you introduce it into your mouth and it damages your teeth drastically and it also just kills your salivary glands. And now you have no, you have no saliva to repair your teeth and they just bathed in acid. So. It's like taking your teeth out, sitting them in a vat of acid, and of course they're going to disappear. But Everyone knows that druggies have really good teeth, though. Yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, no, I'm getting confused. If you want some nightmares, go look up meth mouth for all of you out there. It's oh boy, pretty gross. <laughs> okay. There's a lot meth of... Mouth. I had a lot of patients come in who had meth mouth in dental school, and they were... Like I would, you'd have to take out all their teeth because there was nothing you could do for any of them. Wow. And taking out their teeth was like s scooping them out of the gums because they were like, oh, just my. like a putty almost. Like the consistency of clay until you got down to the very bottom and then there was like a little bit of actual root left at the very bottom that hadn't been hit by the acid. But If there weren't yeah, already good reasons terrible. to not take meth, that would be, be a drugs, big... kids. <laughs> um, normal drugs, like things that you would get prescribed by your doctor, are they have benefits and they're they're helpful. But polypharmacy can cause xerostomia, which is just a fancy way of saying dry mouth. And polypharmacy is 
fancy way of saying lots of medications. So as soon as you're taking a lot of medications, your saliva tends to dry up to some degree. And then once again, once your saliva dries up, now you have acid that goes into your mouth and your saliva isn't as able to repair your enamel. So okay. in those sorts of situations, there's things called sialagogues, which are saliva stimulating things. Um, there's medications for it. You can even just like chew sugar-free gum, for example, and it'll generate more saliva than you would have had otherwise. And so if you are taking a lot of medications, medi medications, which sometimes you need to, you should be probably every hour doing something that generates saliva, like, like sour patch mints, kids. sugar free gum, I mean, sugar free not... sour patch diet kids. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, uh, we wouldn't want anyone to like if you need medication, you take your medication. You, right. Yeah. Um, don't. Don't use Don't oh, my teeth as an excuse to <laughs> not take some meds that you need. Um, now, yeah. if you're a meth head, you're probably not going to be dissuaded from taking more meth by the fact that your teeth are going to turn <laughs> into putty because you've already made but, poor choices. Well, well, you're on meth. So. Yeah, please, please stop yeah. making those choices, though. <laughs> OK, but do take the medications you're prescribed because there are pros and cons to everything and there's things that are worse than getting cavities. So, right. But the, but yes, so is, I guess the, yeah. the advice then from Dr. Vogel here is uh, if you have dry mouth, go get your, did you call a sialagogue? Mm -hmm. I, I swear you yeah. made up a word, but we'll stick with it. <laughs> get okay. sugar free gum or something to chew every hour. Water doesn't cut it. People, when they get dry mouth, will often. Drink a lot of water, but the water doesn't do anything but make your mouth feel okay, not sure. dry. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, let's talk briefly here before we get to my last question about uh, teeth, not cavity regeneration, but teeth or uh, the, uh, enamel or dentine regenerate, whatever it is, something regenerates. Um, the, la the other question is about just relation to overall health. And, and I guess let's start with gum health. So gum disease, um, are there different types of gum disease and uh, how do we avoid gum disease? Yeah, so gum disease is a, is a category that envelops a couple of different things. The most common ones are um, periodontal disease and gingivitis. So gingivitis is inflammation of your gums where you'll see kind of puffy gums around your teeth. Um, periodontal disease is when it, gets down into the actual bone and into the sulcus, which is the little pocket that surrounds each of your teeth. And periodontal disease starts to destroy the bone around your teeth and eat away at it until if it's left untreated, your teeth fall out, for lack of a better term. Um, it's also extremely common. So if you go to the dentist and they tell you you have periodontal disease, just know that you are in good company because more than half of U.S. adults have periodontal disease. Wow. Um, so gum disease is super common. There isn't an actual treatment for it that you can cure it. You can just stop it where it's at. So um, people who have periodontal disease, it's recommended they go in every three months for cleanings rather than every six months. Back to the whole, it was just a commercial for every six months. 
that made people do that, but that way your toothbrush, your floss can't actually get something called calculus off of your teeth. It's too strong for them. So you have to go in and have someone professionally take it off for you, essentially. And cure and clean the pockets where you can't clean with the toothbrush. Because periodontists will often make those little pockets that surround your teeth that you get popcorn kernels stuck in deep enough that you can't actually reach down there too clean. So going in every three it's minutes. Kind of frustrating. Stop periodontal disease. It's uh, a Peter, I'll just comment. It's frustrating that in high school you have to get calculus and then you have to go to your dentist to take it off. It's a <laughs> it's it's the government, it's the fluoride mind controlling government. That's again. right. It's all this is why I learn it from a layman is such a valuable resource <laughs> to, the, to the community in the world at large. That's right. <clears throat> By the way, Carl, you, you need to title this uh, this this one calculus and um, it won't be lying and you know get a lot of traffic. OK, I, I won't listen to Tim, which is the theme of the podcast. OK. Um, OK, so Peter, um, is there so periodontal periodontal disease is that what's called so is you said there's no mm -hmm. way to cure it once you have it is there a way to other than going into the dentist every three months is there something that you can do at home like uh you know stop part of your diet i mean what, what, what helps control it yeah <laughs> yeah so prevention's key there because once you have it you're stuck with it um flossing which no one does, which is probably why half of the U.S. adult population has periodontal disease. But um, flossing makes a huge difference. And when you floss, um, some people think that flossing is just until you hear the little pop between your teeth. The floss should be taken all the way down under the gum line and up. And when you floss, it should be pulled against the tooth. So every time you go between two teeth, there's two different sides to that pull where you pull, put it down pull it against one tooth that's further away from your midline and pull it up through the contact then push it back down again and push it against the tooth that's in front of where you just put the floss in. And that should be for every site. And that clears out the bacteria that can be harbored in the sulcus or pocket that surrounds your tooth. Um, periodontal disease sometimes is also a nature nurture thing where it's lack of the draw. People have um, People have a bacterial population in their mouth that's just not favorable. And uh, it is gum disease is an infection, so it's something that. You are trying to control, but it I mean, if we talk about how it affects your overall health, then that's something to be aware of is that you need to control gum disease because it has <clears throat> systemic effects. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I wanted to get into them. I guess next is just so I've I've seen studies, and I didn't go to dental school. I've seen studies that talk about how um, overall oral health and maybe specifically gum health, uh, you know, you can correlate. I don't know if it's correlated or or if there's actually some causation related to like you know heart disease and uh, just a bunch of other um, you know other body functions that you wouldn't think are related. What's the what's the science on that? Um, 
it's a funny thing because there's dentist dental school and medical school and everyone goes to different school and people treat it differently. You go to your dentist for one thing and your doctor for another, but like your mouth does affect your overall health. So um, brushing your teeth, well, brushing your teeth is great. Flossing your teeth is great, but gum disease especially is one of those where it's an active infection. So a couple examples of how your oral health is a systemic um, systemic issue is that um, if you have gum disease and diabetes, gum disease can actually make your A1C shoot through the roof. So if you have untreated periodontal disease, you may have an A1C that's two, three, four um, A1Cs higher than it should be. So you can drop from like a 12 or a 13 A1C, which is completely out of control, down to almost completely controlled just by taking care of your mouth. Um, that's to be said about any infection within the body. Infections in the body cause your A1C to go way up. And if you take care of them, it will improve your A1C, but your mouth is part of your body. So a tooth abscess, um, periodontal disease, both of those will cause diabetes to be a lot worse. Um, what is it? Sorry, what is A1C? Did you explain? No, it's okay. I didn't say what that was. A1C for diabetics, it's once you pass seven, seven is where you are diagnosed with diabetes. It's a lab that you get every couple months and they tell you what your A1C is. Your A1C for a normal person should be below seven, essentially. And A1C can be affected by like, it's how your, um, what's that called? Um, your body absorbs glucose. I'm trying to remember what it is. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. Oh, that's okay. But, um, A1C is affected essentially by how you eat glucose. Hmm. So. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So that's uh, so obviously just taking care of your mouth affects over overall health in ways that you probably wouldn't necessarily predict. Uh, at least the layman certainly wouldn't. And uh, insulin. That was the thing I was looking for. Sorry. Okay, there it is. Your body okay. stops making insulin, which causes diabetes because your body can't um, can't process the glucose that you eat anymore. I guess there's different kinds of diabetes, but that's one of them. Right, right. Okay. And the other systemic one is heart disease. You can, your chances of heart disease are much higher if you have periodontal disease because mm. the, um, the bacteria that's in your gums can get into your bloodstream. Okay. Yeah. So let's uh, take, if you don't care about your teeth, <laughs> which you should. But if you don't, you probably care about your heart. Um, and so there's a good reason to take care of your teeth. So, yeah. Uh, okay, last question before we wrap up here, Peter. And this is the one I teased from the beginning because I know I read a few years ago about some miracle medication that was supposedly regenerating your, I think, I thought it was dentine, but you know what? I don't know. Um, and that like, cavities were 
healing themselves. Maybe this was in mice. I don't know. But uh, it was supposedly originally developed as an Alzheimer's drug. And then they figured out, oh, actually, they could do this. And then they were, I thought they were going to do human trials. And it's gone mysteriously quiet, Peter. What are you dentists not telling us? <laughs> well, we don't want you to have your teeth back. I mean, <laughs> you have to make money somewhere. Right. Um, so do you know what I'm talking about? It's here? a good question. I do. I do know what you're talking about. There's been a lot of talk of stem cell regeneration of teeth. Is that what you're talking about? I think that is what I'm talking about. Yes. Because um, dentin, your body can rebuild dentin on its own. It's something that's not new, but because your body can rebuild dentin, like what allows your body to do that is that there are actually stem cells in the pulp, which is the center portion of your tooth we talked about. And um, there aren't a ton of places in your body that have the stem cells. So you, the idea was essentially that you can harvest the stem cells from the nerve of, or the pulp of a tooth. And there's a way to implant them into or put them into your bone, essentially, and grow a tooth from, like, regrow a tooth. Um, that being said, I know that there's a lot of research. I think that they've had success in mice, and I think that it's stopped there. I think I did see a, an article recently that they're still working on it, but I don't think that there's been any breakthroughs in the sense that it's still not allowed for human use essentially but it is a really cool idea i like the idea I, and uh, those mice are getting good dental care and while the rest of us suffer um i think it's still in phase one studies so if you're waiting to get a dental implant or something because you want to regrow your tooth yeah your dental implant will probably last about as long as it takes for them to figure <laughs> out the whole stem cell thing. So, <laughs> okay, all right. So you're saying not don't don't wait on your next dental dentist appointment, hoping that your teeth will regenerate by the time you get back uh, to the dentist. So yeah, it's a cool idea though. Uh, yeah, I love it, and we'll get it we'll get it going here and learn it from a layman soon. We'll. Stem cell tooth re regeneration is our next episode, actually. So, um, <laughs> gonna have to read up a lot more on that. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of studies out there. I'm just looking them up right now, but no, I'll have to no, look into that's it. Good. Cool. All right. Um, well, that's great, Matt or Tim. Do you have any final questions for Peter? Um, yeah. So it is going to take a long time to get the whole stem cell thing i think that the much easier faster better way to handle tooth health is to invest in you know diet milk sprite but i'll <laughs> we'll just leave that there uh, diet milk sprite <laughs> i endure that statement <laughs> you tim the cavity cox you cannot uh, endorse a diet milk sprite you should be endorsing sugary milk uh, Coke, meth. I'm a complicated person with vast connections, Carl. Okay, that's right. A lot, a lot of, a uh, lot of people feeding money to Tim back channel. So, if you want Tim to, uh, you know, be the face of your product, which I don't Very know that there's. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you, Peter. I uh, really appreciate your insights into teeth and uh, congratulations on your, you just, what, you got your your dental degree 
earlier this year, right? Or was it last year? Yep. In May. So it's only been a couple months. A couple months. And you're in practice now in Provo, Utah, right? Yep. Awesome. So if you thought Peter was a good dentist, which he is, though I actually haven't seen him. I only saw his father. But <laughs> it runs in the family. Good dentist. So if you're in Provo, Utah, go hit up Dr. Vogel. So, um, <laughs> thank you, Peter. To see you. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, thanks, Peter. We'll we'll have you back again uh, in the future. I'm sure. Thanks. thanks.